I'm showing a, a seven to 10% the rent decrease. That's the only thing I'm changing. And then the next two years, I'm just showing flatline rent. No, no gain. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer, and with me as always on these hump day hustles, we've got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing, Todd? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I had a good Easter yesterday with the kids. Uh, Easter Bunny came, of course, hit a bunch of baskets and eggs and had a lot of fun doing that and played in the snow as well. We had, uh, I don't know, maybe like six inches of snow here at the house uh, yesterday and it was a lot of fun. We built, built a snowman and played in the snow and uh, I guess, uh, you know, it'll probably be gone in a few days, but uh, just a little fun fun change um, that we, we haven't had snow, but at least fresh snow for quite some time here. So it was, it was a good time. Pretty good. Uh, how about you? Anything uh, new? Uh, no, nothing new. Yeah. I you know, talked with my family over you know, Skype and Zoom for yeah. uh, Easter. So, so just yeah, keep... we did some, we did some uh, text message exchanging. My, my wife and sister hosted a baby shower on Saturday, um, and it was a Zoom baby shower. So a uh, little bit, little bit different. Uh, it sounds like it went well and they had fun. And, but uh, I was out building a tree fort for my kids. So nice. <laughs> it was a, a productive weekend, uh, playing with the family and and hanging out. So very good. Awesome. Well, why don't you introduce today's topic? Today we're going to talk about underwriting, especially when times are a changing. How do you underwrite uh, with you know anything can happen? You never know when the next uh, plague is going to hit and, and stuff. So you got to have good underwriting to be able to survive things. Yeah, yeah, and uh, honestly, Matt, in my opinion, the answer is nothing changes, uh, but. It potentially has changed because you maybe were underwriting the way you shouldn't have in the first place. And so that's, that's kind of the, the starting point is it shouldn't change, honestly. Um, now, it might, and I don't want to say it shouldn't change. It might a little bit. But first of all, real estate is a long-term cash flow game right? We're, we should be in it for long-term cash flow. Um, can we do some quicker fixes and then sell? Yes, if the market behaves well. But to hedge on that is taking a lot more risk, okay? So if you don't want to take that high risk and you're buying cash flow real estate, um, we don't worry as much about market cycles, now, when we're looking at buying in a cycle like this, in, the down, in a downturn, um, one of the things we want to look at is what's realistic for cash flow projections, occupancy uh, rates, all that kind of stuff. And this should be, again, the same way as you're looking at it, even in an up cycle. So a lot of people before this COVID came and walloped our market and disrupted our lives, we're underwriting on large cash flow uh, 
projections. They, they were underwriting on this uh, big rent bump that was going to happen. So they would look at it and go, you know, right now our rents are whatever thousand bucks and we're going to increase rents. I would see some people's projections at four, five, even 6%. I just recently read somebody said they, they're, they underwrite in conservative manner. They make sure that their rent doesn't increase more than 10% per year. Um, that's extremely aggressive in my opinion. Um, same thing with vacancy rates. We are seeing people underwrite 4%, 5% vacancy rates. And sure, is it happening right now? Yeah, but is it going to continue to happen? Probably not. <clears throat> same thing with, um, you know, just overall expenses. Um, you know, looking at maintenance and repairs and unit turns, especially a lot of people would underwrite, okay, well, we're doing this value add. So we're going to have low maintenance and repairs while we're holding this property. Well, what happens if a recession happens and you need to hold the property for 10 years, your maintenance and repairs are going to go up drastically because things have gotten older, right? And things are going to need to be fixed up. So we have to be underwriting conservatively the whole time. So it doesn't change in my opinion too much. You should be being conservative the whole time. Now, I said that. Now, here's some of the things that I'm telling people to do. First, I'm, I'm telling people to project zero rent increase and actually an initial rent decrease. Um, and so I would like to see if I'm looking at a deal uh, and we're at market or, or what, even if we're doing a value add, our current value add, and we're saying we can get to 900 bucks a month for rent. We're going to back that off first of all, and then we're going to count on a seven to 10% rent decrease. Okay. And then we're going to flatline it for the first couple of years. So that's the only thing I'm changing right now is I'm actually showing a rent decrease versus initially nothing. Okay. So I'm showing a, a seven to 10% rent decrease. That's the only thing I'm changing. And then the next two years, I'm just showing flatline rent. No, no gain. And then after that, we're just showing a conservative 2% rent gain. And that's typically how I've underwritten anyway, other than the, the rent decrease. Um, the other thing with vacancy rates, we're looking at vacancy rates and we're making sure they're 10% uh, overall. And that's how I've always been doing it. And, and now my vacancy necessarily isn't 10%, but I got vacancy. I've got bad debt. I've got concessions and that all adds up to about 10%. So vacancy, we give concessions to our tenants sometimes where we say, Hey, free month rent, or you get X amount off. And then we have bad debt, which means a tenant doesn't pay and we have to evict them. That's bad debt. Um, and that's always going to happen. That doesn't matter what market we're in. Those stuff, those things are always going to happen. So those are kind of the things that I'm doing right now. I think the biggest thing is not showing that big rent increase. The other thing is we got to look at cap rates. Now, honestly, I think cap rates are going to be affected less than what some people think. Um, but I do think they're going to get affected. I think that uh, you're going to see a return closer to norm. Um, but I don't think we're going to see that big jump in cap rates to, you know, all of a sudden you're finding 10 caps again. I don't 
I don't see that happening. Now it could, obviously, if this goes crazy. But so if we're underwriting a sale uh, in five years, we should be underwriting a hundred basis point jump in cap rates, and that's where I've always been, um, or greater. Um, so kind of what I how I base it on is not necessarily just an arbitrary number. I'm trying to look at past, trying to look at what's been going on with the market, what kind of changes have happened, and come up with a, a value from there. So try to be conservative about it. But I, I you know, I think cap rates are going to stay still fairly low. Interest rates are low. Um, and once things kind of normalize here, multifamily, in my opinion, is still going to be stable. And uh, it's still going to be a desirable investment, albeit uh, people people have gotten kind of walloped and they're scared. And so I think we won't see um, quite as many people out there in the market, but I, I still think it's going to be a desirable investment. Yeah. I kind of suspect uh, single family houses are going to be more impacted than uh, multifamily, especially large multifamily. You know, I'm not so sure. Um, they, they might be, but I think what you might be seeing more in, I think the biggest opportunity in my opinion, and, and I might be wrong, uh, this is just my opinion, but if for single family, I think your biggest opinion is if you want to own or occupy a nice house, like the house on the beach, like the, you know, whatever, not necessarily mansion, but in a nice house in a nice neighborhood uh, that was owned by a business owner um, that went out of business. There's a lot of businesses, and this is kind of how it always is. There's a lot of businesses that have anywhere from zero to three months at the most worth of reserves. Um, and most of them are more like that zero to one month um, reserve. And they probably, a lot of them, I shouldn't say all of them, but a lot of them might be living a lifestyle based on the income they're receiving. Well, when the income goes away and they have no reserves, they have to shut down. They have to close the doors. And now they've got no income and their house goes somewhere and it goes to the bank. So you might be the one scooping up a, a short sale, buying a foreclosure, but I think those are going to be kind of those uh, little higher end houses. The reason why I say the generally the single family market's not going to see as much uh, is because the trillions of dollars the government is giving to the typical family, typical middle class, you know, family that's owning the majority of your single family houses. Right. And so, so and there's mortgage forbearance too. So they can take this mortgage forbearance. They've got a ton of government money coming into their pockets anyway, and they can likely withstand it. Look, I mean, if you're making, if you are making about $60,000 or less, you're actually getting a pay raise by the federal government or by the government, by your state and federal combined. You're getting a pay raise. You're better off being laid off than you are working right now. Now, of course, that's barring you get a job back, right? Because eventually that money is going to run out. But as long as you get your job back, you're actually better off being laid off, which is a little scary uh, for the rest of us. But 
uh, that's beside the point. That's where I think single family is going to be fairly well insulated. Um, but I could be wrong, you know, if this, especially if this cuts us really deep. Yep, that's fair. So back with uh, underwriting, how can people uh, learn the proper way to underwrite? Uh, are there resources out there or models that they can learn? Yeah, I mean, look, I've got resources, uh, but yeah, there, there's plenty of resources out there. There's there's models that they can they can buy. I don't sell my model right now, um, but you know, they. I, I think the the best way is just through through continued education, um, and through practice. Quite frankly, uh, you know, going on to LoopNet and going on to uh, brokers' websites and downloading some of the offering memorandums, the rent rolls, the trailing 12s, um, and actually just practicing putting those numbers into the spreadsheets and seeing what they do. Uh, you want spreadsheets that are able to project years out. But one of the things I, I caution people with projections, here's, here's the bad thing with some of these spreadsheets that are out there, is they have so many projections, right? And so we're looking at our modeling. We're putting these numbers in there and we're projecting what's going to happen in five years. We're projecting that this property is going to sell for X price. We're projecting that rents are going to do this. We're projecting all this type of stuff. And we're not considering what's happening today. Now, I'm not telling you you can't plan for some positive things to happen. But look, when I started investing in real estate, the the it, it, this was the general rule at the time this is 2008 that's not that that long ago um the the general rule in 2008 through probably 2012 was you buy on actuals you buy on what's happening today and anything positive that can happen from there is icing on the cake right it's it's money in your pocket and so that's where people I hope get back to is we buy on fundamentals. We buy in what's happening today. That's just kind of the scary thing, which was happening with our real estate is that people were buying so much on future value. They weren't basing anything on today and you get stuck like that. So base it on what's happening right now, or at least what, you know, maybe you're buying a property that has a lot of vacancies or just has rents that are way, way under, at least based on what can happen today and not what can happen in the future, right? So, so yeah, you might have to do some projecting and saying, well, the rents are at 600 bucks, but the market's at 800. Okay, great. So we can bring our projections up a little bit, but let's not project that 10 years down the road, this thing's going to be, you know, renting for $700 more because we're going to see these big increases in rent and sell for a three cap because that's just, I don't know, something that we want to make up to make the numbers work for our investors or whoever. Um, so that, that's something I hope we get back to. And I would be excited if we get back to it. that would cause prices to drop dramatically. Um, I should say dramatically. It would probably cause like a 15 to 20% drop in pricing um, in the market. If we get back to real fundamentals. Yep. And uh, you know, I agree with you. If, if somebody's only, basing uh, their purchase price off of uh, the projections of the future, you know, and, and thinking that the market's only going to go up and up and up. They just put themselves at so much risk. That's really unnecessary. Yep. Yep. The, the other thing 
you know, here's, here are the golden rules, in my opinion. It's, it's cash flow. You have to have good, solid cash flow. The more, the better, right? Uh, then the next thing is capital reserves. You have to have a reserve account. You have to have that, you know, six months worth of reserves, or I like to do nine to 12 months worth of principal and interest payments in my reserve account. Uh, for single family, I like to have six minimum of six months worth of 100% expenses, including my mortgage, my taxes, my insurance, my everything. I like to see six months worth of expenses for a single family or a duplex. Um, and for large multifamily, like I said, nine to 12 months worth of principal and interest payments. If we can do that, the cash flow and the, the, uh, the capital budget, the capital uh, expenditure budget, or a cap, whatever you want to call it, cap, cap X, or your, your reserves, or whatever you want to call it. If we can have those two conservative, and of course, buying right and buying in good, solid markets that are seeing the fundamentals that we want to see, job growth and all that kind of stuff. But the, the two main things are going to be your two golden rules. Very good. Um, I don't, th I mean, I, I honestly, that's about it. I mean, really just, if you're underwriting in uncertain times, just be smart about it. Just understand what's happening in the market today and understand that you can't underwrite for future growth. If you can buy the property today on today's values, it's going to go pretty well for you. And if you have capital reserves, you can withstand. You know, the people that are nervous right now are the people that don't have reserve accounts. Um, now, am I excited about my properties losing value? No, I'm not. I'm not thrilled that my properties are losing value uh, or potentially losing value. Am I thrilled that we might not collect rents as we wanted to in April and, and May and June? No, that doesn't thrill me. But we have to understand the difference between being thrilled about something and being super nervous that you're going to lose the property. If you're super nervous, you're going to lose the property. The next time around, um, whether you lose it or not, the next time around, you got to make sure you're doing the things that are right to where something like this happens. You're not going to lose your property. You're not going to lose your business. Very good. All right. Well, that's all I got. Awesome, man. Well, have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day Saturday. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. 
and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.